We thank you for this day. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come together again so that we could worship you. We pray today, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could receive your word and focus on the message. In Jesus' name, amen. Open my eyes, let 
My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister uh, here at Memorial. So grateful that you came and joined us today. So grateful that the storm went through last night and under us and uh, all of you able to come uh, this morning's service. Before we get started with our regular announcements, I want to give you the opportunity to participate in the prayer life of this church. Ushers have cards and pencils, and if you would like to share a prayer concern with our prayer group on Tuesday morning, uh, you can write, uh, please, please print legibly on the card. and. Um, uh, we'll take those cards up and then we'll pray for you this week. And if we can comfort and care for you during the week, we'll be happy to do so. We have slides uh, in our presentation for each of the five practices that we're trying to live. And we're going to form our announcements in those practices. So the first one's radical hospitality. We try uh, to make this a welcoming environment every time you walk on campus. And one of those um, announcements is from Aaron. Aaron. 
hide my doubts from it. And there it comes. <laughs> uh, I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I just wanted to let you all know about our upcoming Supper at 6. It's February 1st, so that's a week from Wednesday. Um, you can just make a note on the roster if, if you would like to join us, how many, and if there are any children. Um, this time we're going with a lighter fare. Um, I don't know if any of you are trying to eat healthy in this new year, but this will be a good opportunity to do that with us. You can choose a soup, either tomato basil, potato, or chili, so there is a heartier option. And salad, um, chicken, Caesar, or garden. We'll also have roll or cornbread, and then this is less in the um, eating right uh, category, but pound cake or brownies. <laughs> um, and then children will have grilled chicken tenders, mac and cheese, and cookies. And that's $8 for adults and six for children. Um, supper is, of course, at 6 o'clock on that February 1st, the first Wednesday of every month. Um, there's also online registration. You'll see a link to that in your weekly emails. Uh, hope you'll join us. Uh, we're also going to have the kids work on a project. Uh, we're going to send out Valentines to all the Meals on Wheels clients in our community, which means 300, 350 people. So they'll be doing that in Sunday school this morning and next week, also a Sunday night, and on this wonderful, uh, not wonderful, that's a different program, Wednesday uh, dinner, supper at 6. So those Valentines are sure to brighten some people's days. Um, I have a second announcement which falls under intentional faith development, which is Vacation Bible School. We are going to have Hero Central themed Vacation Bible School June 12th through the 15th, so that's a Monday through a Thursday, and also on Sunday morning, June 18th, and that's Father's Day. So we will have a wonderful demonstration of uh, love of God uh, from our children on Father's Day here at this service. Make sure you don't miss that. And you will soon have opportunity to volunteer, to register your child or children, and I hope you'll join us for that very special time. We also believe in risk-taking mission and service. We've got two announcements. I'll call Daryl uh, Richforth as our uh, mission chair uh, forward. But while he's coming, I'll tell you about um, coffee that we're going to begin offering in our service here. And we can also begin to sell. This is called Cafe Eusta. Um, I said Justo because I'm not cool. It's Eusta. Uh, it is a mission of First Pres in uh, Greer where they are supporting Mexican farmers who want to grow a business in Mexico and support their family. And so we can su help support that uh, simply by buying coffee and using that coffee. So uh, Thomas made a pot of regular Folgers from the big red jar, and you're welcome to that. But if we can start switching this, if y'all are fine with it, um, then we can support this mission. Eventually, we can start selling this uh, the way that they do. They have a big cabinet, and um, if it's something that you like, it's an easy way to support a significant thing. Go ahead, Daryl. Good morning. I'm Daryl Rushforth, head of missions at Memorial. I'd like to announce two uh, exciting events uh, coming up soon. The first is Redbird Mission. Uh, if everybody is not familiar with Redbird, they are in, uh, in Beverly, Kentucky. It's a very poverty-stricken area. It's a conference supported by the United Methodist Church. We have a, uh, our annual trip is coming up May the 3rd, May the 7th, I'm sorry. It's a week trip. There is a fee, and um, so it's a week-long commitment plus a fee, and the fee goes towards room and board and uh, the materials needed to work on the uh, folks' houses. You don't have to be, uh, have good skills, carpenter skills to do this. 
uh, just a willingness to work out in the field um, and relate to the people there. Uh, we have worship services there and, uh, and we live on campus and, and we have a good time. So if you uh, need more information, you can go to www.rbmission.org and read up about Redbird Mission. If you want to sign up, I need uh, commitments by February the 15th and then uh, part of the fees will be due March the 15th. So um, if you need more information, call me or see me after church. The second thing is we're entering into a, uh, a team work with Emmanuel's Hammer. It's a local organization and they do uh, work on needy people's homes here in the area. So uh, you don't need a week's commitment. You don't need a, a big fee to help out there. Uh, it can be a daily thing. Uh, we'll be telling you more about that later, but you can read up about that on www.ehammer1.org. That's ehammer1.org. And um, I hope to bring you more news about that soon. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for drawing us together this day to pray with one another, to sing with one another, to read scripture with one another, to study with one another. We thank you for your call on our lives to be better than we can be on our own. For the call that you've placed on our hearts to serve one another, to serve this community, to serve this world. And as we read of a text of people being called, called far beyond what they thought they were capable of to a thing that was so different than what they were doing already. Make it part of our story. Help us to um, support one another in the call that's been placed on our lives. The bonds that we have in our classes, in our worship, in our fellowship. Draw us together for group strength to do amazing things that you've asked us to do. Inspire us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're reading today from Matthew chapter 4, starting with verse 12. And I'll advertise the podcast again as part of our intentional faith development. You can find it on our website. You can find it at sundayscripturepodcast.com. It is directly related. We read this text and discuss it at length and gives you a jump as to what we're going to do in the worship service. And if you're going to miss the service altogether, I think it's an excellent uh, substitute to understand what we were trying to talk about this week. Verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison... He withdrew to Galilee. 
Leaving Nazareth, he went to Capernaum, which is by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land a shadow of shadow of death, a light has dawned. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's look at our first phrase for the day. Because that was a convoluted paragraph. Important words from two very different moments in time that have a stark contrast. The darkness and the light. Let's talk about the darkness. In the time of Jesus, his predecessor had just been arrested for saying something that he felt was right in the office that he held of being a prophet. He told the most powerful man in the land, or I should say the most powerful puppet in the land, what you've done in marrying this woman is not okay. That woman, of course, didn't like that he said that, and she said, you need to do something about this, and the king did. Took him prisoner and would eventually take his life. So Jesus, hearing that his predecessor is pulled away, is now withdrawing and going to Galilee. And there's an oppressive, violent government of the Romans who really don't care if he wants to change things dramatically. You have two sides. His religious leaders who want him to stick to the script that they've believed their whole life and they could care less about the politics except for what they have to put up with, with the Romans. And the Romans who could care less about religion but don't want him saying anything about politics. He enrages them both by talking about both religion and politics. And Jesus' time is beginning. But he's reflecting on the words of Isaiah, who is talking about uh, the quote there, land of Naphtali, the land of Zebulun, uh, uh, in the land of darkness there's been a great light. Isaiah, that's quoting Isaiah. Isaiah is talking about a time of great oppression where the Assyrians were dominating the people of Israel. This seems to be a common theme of violent outsider regimes coming and conquering them, taking most of the hope that they had and trying to indoctrinate them into the way that they wanted. So the scripture by the writer of the Gospel of Matthew is saying in the present of Matthew 4, my goodness, this is a dark time. But we're fulfilling what was done back then when it was a dark time for the people of Israel. So Jerusalem is historically significant. It's a vital location. It's conquered a ton because it truly matters. And if you want to identify with the city of Jerusalem, just think about a week where you've been really beat up. Every single person has taken a piece out of you. Maybe they're not hard on you all the time. And maybe it's kind of spread out, the people in your life that give you a hard time. They all chose now to beat up on you. The people of Jerusalem would feel 10, 20 times worse than you feel on your first week, on that worst week. Because so many nations have come in and conquered them again and again and again. And if you think about business takeovers, that entity then wants to say, this is the way that we're going to do it. 
This is our new mission statement. This is our new leadership. This is the new way that we're going to do it. Imagine if your nation was conquered over and over and over again. How hard that would be. But the last line of what we read was, in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. The prophet Isaiah is saying that to his people back then when the Assyrians have conquered. The author of the Gospel of John is saying that in this, um, Matthew is saying that about this period, about Jesus coming into the world. Verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So Isaiah was telling his people a light is dawning. The Gospel of Matthew is telling people the light is dawning. And the first word is, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So let's look at your next phrase. The words of both John and Jesus. That is John the Baptist. These are the first things they ever said. The exact same thing. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Let's talk about what they're not saying. Just keep doing whatever you were doing before I got here. <laughs> Does any great leader ever do that? Mm -mm. Any dynamic change agent ever come in and go, yeah, this looks good. It's fine. Right? Let's, uh, he doesn't say, keep saying what you've always been saying that got us to this point. He says, you have fallen short and there is no mistaking that you are on the wrong path. And in fact, when John the Baptist uh, speaks to religious leaders, what does he call them? A brood of vipers. You people who were supposed to be shepherds looking out for the sheep are actually vipers threatening their very life. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, um, there isn't much anymore, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just not seeing it, on TV or internet about the rapture anymore. This is not about, I've come here to take a third of you and the rest of you are toast. Uh, in my opinion and in the opinion of the place of the seminary that I study. This is um, Jesus himself. God himself has taken on human form. The kingdom of God is here, is right here in the building. Right here talking to you. Right here proclaiming the word to you. And it's the opportunity of a lifetime. But let's look at your next phrase. Um, that might be a potentially harsh word to hear in a really hard, broken time. So imagine uh, your worst week where you're really getting beat up. And somebody then says to you, you're not even close and you need to fix it. Are you, are you ready to hear that word in that moment? It depends. I think if you're at 18% um, strength or 12% strength or 5% strength or 4% strength, I really don't think you are. I think if you have truly bottomed out based on the way that it's gone, maybe you are ready to hear it. Because there are no other options. There's, there's no other avenue that I can explore than try to fix it and turn around. But for these people, if they're not there, if they're not at that bottom, they're just people conquered by the Romans. Every part of their business is impacted. Every part of their family life is impacted. Every part of their religious life is threatened. And this guy's coming along and saying, you people aren't even close and you need to repent 
and fix it? Would you be inclined to hear that person and to act? What's critical is he's saying, we're not waiting for the government to be okay for us to stand up and fix it. We're not waiting for the temple to be okay for us to change our lives and fix it. We're not waiting for the economy to be okay for us to change our lives and fix it. We're not waiting for your local synagogue to change, for that new leader of your synagogue to come so that then it'll be better. So then, you know, when that all happens, then I'll fix it, right? He's saying instead it starts with each of us individually. They're not deep in the heart of Jerusalem. They're out on the edges. John the Baptist is out on the edges. And Jesus going to Galilee is out on the edges. With people who would not typically matter, saying to them, you've got an opportunity. The kingdom of God is near you. So here's a difficult question. You ever interested in dramatically changing your life in the midst of tremendous stress and pain? Potentially. Uh, Aaron was talking about cornbread. Uh, I, I do a, um, a um, fitness call with my annual conference every two weeks now. They call me and they say, what have you done in the last two weeks? And I was that dude joining the gym in January. And I've tried to go the um, Anytime Fitness right up here because I like to go at 9 o'clock at night because I can't go hardly any other time. But they call and they say, um, hey, have you done the fitness? Mm-hmm. Have you changed what you eat? Mm-mm. No. No. Is cornbread a vegetable? I'm supposed to eat two of them. And all I got is green beans. Oh, give me some other vegetables. Is corn a vegetable? Is that it's a starch though, really, isn't it? Like collard greens? What is that? Tomatoes? Give me, somebody give me your favorite vegetable. Squash? Broccoli? Okra? Oh, any others? <laughs> that, that was the thing. At the Citadel, they said, um, people said, did they ever starve you? Uh, no, they didn't. We ate family style. What they would do is they would say, um, Kate, you get to eat that whole bowl of squash for lunch. It was just a bowl of squash made on the um, cafeteria level. Okay? So I bet squash is better than the squash I had in 1996 in a cafeteria. So um, at times, like I said, if you've bottomed out, you're willing. But if things are just tough, you might struggle to do that. So he's saying, it starts with each one of us individually. I need you to repent because the kingdom of God has come near. Let's look at verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat, and their father followed their boat and their father, and followed Jesus. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So here's your next phrase. 
Three of the craziest words the disciples would ever hear. Maybe the three craziest. Come and follow me. So how many times have you heard the story of um, great-grandparents coming to the U.S., scratching and clawing to somehow survive? Then trying to create an opportunity for the grandparents so that they've got a foothold who then create a better opportunity for the parents who then finally create the best opportunity for the child. That's happened over and over and over again in the U.S. I've heard um, great stories about um, Greek families with the restaurants in Greenville coming and starting at the very beginning and now um, sending their child to medical school in the fourth generation. Um, this is different. These people are in the same nation. Their family has lived this life of fishing. And they expect their children to live this life of fishing. And in this small business, this child is taking over the business. How does that typically work? Then you start to hand off more and more and more and more and more to that child till you just step back and go like this. Think about Zebedee. Think about what he did as a child. What he did as an adult. Now he's had children, been alongside that fishing boat this whole time, who, uh, he said, you can pull in the net one time, like my dad did. He said, you can cut this little part of the yard. I was so excited to cut that little part of the yard. And then like a year later, he went, go crazy. And I went, wait, hold on a minute. Cut the whole yard. They are now pulling in the nets. And Jesus says... I want you to come and follow me. We're going to do, go do something crazy. And they follow him. And what do you think Zebedee is thinking? You are not going to a better life of what I hoped for in working this hard. You are giving up the life that we have created. My goodness. Out on the edge to go to Galilee, to go to fishermen, to call them, same as... Uh, same sort of theme as the shepherds being the ones that were approached by the angels in Jerusalem. People out on the edge are the ones setting the tone. These guys are walking away from all of it. And the simple point is, um, many times the beginning of a true revolution, it starts on a very small level with a couple of individuals. So at a time when we are starting a new year, at a time when we have a new president, I'm not talking about either side, that one or that one, or the one back there or the one up there. I'm talking about transition. We cannot figure that someone or something is the hope or the end of it all. This text is telling us the significance of each individual. Repent. What can you repent? Um that is separating you. If we're talking about sin, we're talking about something that separates you from the hope and will of God. What can you do to say, dang, that thing really is stopping me. I'm sorry. I'm going to recognize the thing that you're calling me to do. And I'm going to try to live that out for me individually. Because I can't control what people are doing on 29. I can't control what people are doing in my office. I can't control whether my child listens to me or not. 
but I can control whether I repent and try to love and follow you. If we're doing that, then we are in the neighborhood of thinking about becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your mercy, for your patience, for your love, for your belief in us that we could somehow follow you and hold the tremendous burden of living out your will. Help others see our action far before they hear our words and help it to be something that is of worth and value and help to other people. It's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in our affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over His works and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine living presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings, and if you would like to give online, you'll see instructions in the bulletin. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior And a life more abundant and free Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory
would you please stand and sing with us?
appreciate it. Yeah, we can clap. Um, appreciate the songs that y'all picked that accentuate the message. Greater things yet to come. And you're asking yourself that both um, individually and corporately. Are our best days ahead of us? Do we have amazing things before us? Potentially. If we repent and notice that the kingdom of God is near and that we have the opportunity to serve. Confirmation begins at 10 o'clock in my office. We've got an awesome class. I'm excited about our confirmation class. Uh, we begin at 10 o'clock in, in my office and um, look forward to seeing you there. Sunday night resumes tonight, normal night. Uh, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Have a great week.